episode 167 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Shane Ewing is one-third of the on-air team at Good Morning Kansas on Cake TV. He's a graduate of Temple University in Philly, magna cum laude, fancy, wow. And he worked in Montana before coming to Wichita in 2011. For many years, I got to do the Business Journal report on Good Morning Kansas, and that's how I got to know Shane. He joins me for this week's podcast. But first, the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal, we feature the young professionals who are being honored in the 2020 40 Under 40 Awards. We ask them a series of questions about their careers and their lives. We feature those in the print edition this week. Our coverage begins on page 11. This week's list, the area's largest oil producers, taking a look back at 2019 production, page six. Each week we provide business intelligence on new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, new corporations who owes back taxes, court judgments. Our leads section this week begins on page 58. Equity Bank has been our sponsor from the start, episode one. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Shane Ewing, welcome. Thank you very much, Bill. It's uh, nice of you to introduce me as one third of the Good Morning Kansas team, but I was much more honored when I was just one fourth of the Good Morning Kansas team when you'd come in and do the business report. Uh, we missed that from you a lot. Well, I miss being there, that's for sure. Um, let's go back to the beginning. Where did you grow up? I grew up all over the place. I was born in Vermont. My family moved to Seattle. And then when I was 12, we moved from Seattle to Pennsylvania and uh, kind of spent my uh, adolescence there and got my uh, college degree in Philadelphia in the center city. So went from the suburban area into the city, uh, took a job in Montana to start my broadcasting career, spent three years there, had no idea what I was going to do from there uh, when I was offered a job in Kansas because I didn't know a single person there. I said, okay, we'll take this uh, Kansas job and see what happens. And now here I am 10 years later and I can't get enough of uh, where I am. What did your folks do? So my mom's a teacher. She could always, you know, get a good teaching job wherever my dad had us move. He was just uh, somebody who worked his way up the ranks, man. He started out as a forklift driver and worked his way all, all the way up to being a plant manager for the largest windows and doors distributor on the East Coast. And he put me to work a lot of my summers, uh, you know, 14, 15, 16. I was just sweating it out, loading trucks full of doors and windows and making sure that my old man was proud of me. Good experience there. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a lot to live up to, too. You know, I, it was a, a, I had a reputation that I had to uphold because I had a name uh, attached to my work ethic as well. So it's interesting how that still kind of is the way I operate today because, uh, you know, as a bit more of a public figure, uh, you always have to have that attached to you, right? Brothers and sisters? One brother, yeah, still back in uh, Philadelphia. And he's always looked after me, that's for sure. I probably wouldn't have made it this far uh, without him fighting off people uh, the, the way he did for me. I had a big mouth when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that, Jay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what sports did you play in school? You went to high school in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, so I was a baseball player and just 
couldn't get enough of, uh, you know, being a first baseman, pitcher. And when the move happened to Philadelphia, uh, it was just, it was really difficult to decide if I should focus on more of my school or my athletics. I, I just couldn't do both for some reason. I, I, I was not able to compartmentalize that well. So when I went on to college, I decided to uh, let, let the sports go and just focus on academics uh, in college. Why'd you choose Temple? <laughs> because of the logo. <laughs> Legitimately, I was just not thinking that I was college material, I guess. And I went to community college to figure out what my plan was. I didn't do very well in high school. And then all of a sudden, a, a switch flipped in community college. And I think just because I was fo finally following my career goal as opposed to a diploma goal, you know, it was like not about getting a high school diploma. It was about getting a new dream, you know. And right. so I all of a sudden became, like you said, thanks for introducing me as magna cum laude. But I found out that I actually had a portion of my brain that I hadn't ever used. And I, <laughs> I uh, implemented it quite often. So, I, but in, in response to your question, yeah, I just, I knew Temple was in Center City, Philadelphia. I wanted to go into the city. And I was just like, a lot of good schools there. I like this logo the most. I'll go there. <laughs> the Temple Owls? Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't the Temple Owl necessarily, the mascot. It was the Temple T. And I had a ah, Temple okay. hat when I was a kid, and I just kind of thought it was cool. So if you haven't seen it, uh, you might be able to see it on a beer pong table that I made when I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> you must have really flipped a switch if uh, yeah. you went from not knowing what you wanted to do to really be in focused and magna cum laude at a large university like Temple, that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. And I think it's just when you finally realize that you're in a new setting where you have a clean slate, you can be whoever you want to be. And I realized that the reputation I had in high school as maybe like a C student and somebody who'd rather hang out with friends and party, um, that I could actually apply myself in a different way. So it just completely became about, let's see about this four year run. You have four years for the rest of your life. You know that this is where you can shape it. And I took that seriously for some reason. I still can't really pinpoint it, but uh, I'm glad that I did. You got here in 2011, here in Kansas. Do you remember your first impressions of Wichita? So coming from Montana, where mountains surrounded me at all times, I right. couldn't believe how flat it was. And I saw that as a negative right off the bat. And then it's just a, throughout the last 10 years or something, I start seeing such a positive in that you can see as far as the eye goes and uh, you know the, the, the horizon and the sunsets and everything just became such a aesthetic thing to me about the flatland. So that was definitely uh, my first impression was just how flat everything was. But also the fact that I was in Philadelphia and then Montana, was like crazy because it was the most populated city, you know, the fourth most populated city technically into a place where there's more cows than people in Montana. Right. <laughs> and then I just settled into Wichita knowing that this is that perfect middle ground. And I think a lot of people talk about that. Maybe that's a good uh, destination for businesses as well, knowing that there's a great middle ground, not too many people, not too much traffic, but also a lot of community as well. And I just love that. Were you doing sports in Montana as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had to start out as a news reporter, and I reported four days a week on the news in Butte, Montana. You can guess there wasn't a whole lot of news to report on there. <laughs> 
just so I could get my one day a week where I got to fill in for the sports director. So I got one day a week and it was Mondays and Mondays in sports aren't the most right. active, but at least I got to, to do it. And that's just the foot in the door moment. And uh, I moved to two other stations in Montana to be sports director after that. You came here and did sports and were sports director. Uh, talk about that and then making the transition to the news side again. Yeah, it, I couldn't possibly have gotten more out of my sports experience here. Literally could not have gotten more. I got here, like you said, in 2011. So I jumped right into this idea of Kansas basketball. That was what jumped out uh, when I took the job. I said, okay, I get to go cover KU basketball. That'll be amazing. Uh, I got here and guys like Thomas Robinson were here and it was just one of those great teams. And then I started realizing the bonus of K-State football when all of a sudden Colin Klein and, you know, these great, this great team rises to prominence and to number one nationally. And so right. we went to Waco and Baylor beat, uh, beat them and knocked them off. But that run, coupled with all of the basketball success, especially with Wichita State in 2013, that followed uh, from there. I mean, it was just like a dream come true. Everything was happening. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder went to the NBA Finals, so I started going down south just every, every day to cover the NBA Finals. And then the, uh, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game coming to Kauffman Stadium, so I got to meet every All-Star. It, it, it became like I was this fan. I always was a fan first. And I thought that if I was a fan and I could show how excited I was to be in that opportunity to report on these people, then the viewer would be excited as well. And I think that that really was true. I was never a reporter when I was a sports reporter. I was, uh, I was just somebody in the crowd who could tell others who weren't in the crowd what it was like. And, and that's probably a better representation for people who are, who are watching who are fans themselves. So you absolutely. can relate on that level. Yeah, how often do we hear the, the, the thing that like, it didn't translate on TV or you had to have been there or you know, a lot of that's cliche, but it's so true. And then I got to take it a step further, being in the locker room where even the people in the building don't get to go. And so I'm in the locker room getting dumped with champagne and beer by <laughs> Lorenzo Cain and Eric Hosmer. And, and then I got to tell about that. And that's all on film. And, and with the Shockers, uh, there were so many different personalities on that team that I got to talk with and, and get to know in the locker room after the game. Some of them were criers when they, when they won. Some of them were more, uh, you know, a little bit more confident, you know, their confidence is building. So, you know, you see a guy like Fred Van Vliet go from relative unknown to all of a sudden, you know, you can see the swagger building and you just got to see the development of these people as opposed to players. So that was one, probably my favorite part of the job uh, is just actually going along for the ride and feeling like you're part of it. And every fan gets that experience, but um, I just felt like I got one more level up than, than them. So I'm always appreciative for that. And then they oh, come to you. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, but you asked me about the news side too. So I can definitely tell you that when family gets involved, the, the travel becomes too much. Right. And that was a no-brainer. Uh, we had an opening on the morning show team, and it was just perfect timing. I had just had my daughter uh, come into the world here. She was one. And my wife and I needed to think about it for about five, five minutes before we said, okay, we're, we're going to do this. The only thing I hadn't covered was a Super Bowl, and I was okay letting that one go. So you're on the news side now. Uh, was it a difficult transition? You, had, you said you had done news before. 
was it a difficult transition to now kind of change your mindset and go into the news side? Yeah. And, you know, I think the most difficult part was feeling like my personality had to change. And I forced that a little bit. But then the more comfortable you get reading the news and understanding who's who in the news, um, the more comfortable you get being yourself. And that was just a fun transition, especially being on a morning show where it's okay to do that. And then I would see you know, people like you come in and so many different people from the community before COVID come in and do interviews and, you know, you get to learn so much about the community that way. So that was my favorite part about just making that transition is you get to meet way more people than you do as a sportscaster um, because you're covering the same teams when you're a sports guy. But uh, here, I never know who's going to walk through the doors to come and uh, have, you know, an interview with me. So it's, uh, it's always cool. You moved around a bit as a kid, uh, as a professional, you went from Montana to here. Do you feel like you've put down roots now in Wichita? Yeah. And I cannot be prouder of it. Honestly, it's like, I always wanted to make it to sports center. That was my only goal. I have a tattoo on my arm of a New York Yankees logo because I needed to be reporting on the Yankees in New York city, the number one TV market in the world. That's what it was all about. And, uh, now I look at that tattoo every day and I say, <laughs> what was that all about? Because I just couldn't foresee the fact that you don't necessarily make your home. Sometimes your home makes you. And that's exactly where uh, Wichita is like number one in all of the places I've been. It was just such a glowing number one. And my wife has a, so much to do with that, obviously. But everything uh, about it has just been a no-brainer. It really just has been a no-brainer. Why would I want to leave this place? My plan in 1988 was to be here four years because I was going to be on to bigger and better things in Wichita, Kansas. Right. Here we are now, 32 years later. <laughs> I'm still in Wichita, and I'm, I, I couldn't be happier about it. Um, do you want to stay in Wichita? Your ultimate goal, is it still wanting to get to that bigger market? So, I mean, I've got great people here you know i've got frank wah who's sitting next to me you know making his forecast right now we're just a kind of in between shows here but there's no reason for me to want to leave of course opportunities can come up and you don't ever want to shut the door on them but this is exactly where i want to be and that's a great feeling to just finally be able to sit back uh and, and lay down the roots like you said that's that's what I'm doing right now. And it's been a lot of fun. We've got two kids now and my wife's a kindergarten teacher and we're confident in the school systems. This is just a, this, yeah, this is definitely home. Everything changed a couple of months ago. I should say a couple of months ago now in March, that's when things changed. I know Frank was working from home for a long time. How did things change for you as we entered into the pandemic and, and uh, that early lockdown? Man, it's hard to even wrap my mind around it. So many things changed. You never know. Uh, so uh, just like everybody else, you know, you just don't know. So you enter every day with this complete feeling of uh, being in a vortex of confusion and trying to make sense of what is the news. And with the politici politicization of, of everything and uh, the way that, that information has been distributed and disseminated uh, through so many different sources and lack of sources. It's been frustrating. 
it's been incredibly frustrating and I've tried to cope with that. I've tried to, uh, done, you know, do more exercises and mentally to just kind of stay within myself and keep from getting too bent out of shape about the way things are, are seen these days, uh, the way things are viewed because everybody does their best, particularly at the local news and, uh, you know, from the local news per perspective, we're all people who are part of this community doing their best and trying to make the, the information as, as presentable as possible. And uh, somehow that's become lost to so many people. And I just focus on the people who do appreciate it. But um, yeah, the, the, probably the, the anger management is probably what's changed most. And I find that uh, focusing on all the time that my wife has gotten away from school, they closed schools early. So the kids came home early and finding all those moments at home has been most therapeutic. You're musically inclined, too, I would imagine. Uh, your music is uh, a bit of therapy for you, too. Hip-hop or rap or both? <laughs> yeah, there's a difference. There is definitely a difference. Um, so I always just liked poetry. I mean, William Shakespeare, from every, everybody on down. So for some reason, I also had an appreciation for rap music and I, yeah, I, I put a lot of my thoughts down on paper. And so I, I kind of just make these songs and uh, I, they're puzzles to me, you know, fit, finding right. rhymes and rhyme schemes and putting thoughts together in a clear, but also uh, creative way is one of my pastimes. So when the coronavirus came around, yeah, I actually did write a song to try to just get my thoughts out there. I did put it out on my Facebook page, and uh, there were some people who thought that I, that meant I wasn't taking the virus seriously and I caught a lot of flack for it and I was uh, apologetic for that. Uh, at the same time, I think a lot of people might have a hard time realizing that something like that would not be done in jest, but because, right. of, uh, because it's, it's therapy, you know, it's my therapy. You bet, and probably sharing a lot of the feelings that a lot of other people have as well. So, yeah. Uh, well, Shane Ewing, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We could have gone on for a long time. We'll have you on again. How about that? Yes, I, and I'd love to, Bill. So uh, I'm always wishing you the best too, and you're a huge inspiration for a lot of people, the way you handle yourself with grace these days, and my thoughts are with you, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I miss you guys. Tell everybody hi. Yeah, uh, we want to tell your story, folks. Uh, please contact us if you want to share your experiences. You can reach me at broy at bizjournals.com. That's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 167, where I hope you're doing well. Now is the time to be innovative as you fight to survive and eventually prosper through all this. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.